Hello again, and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and as ever, I'm joined by Harlequins and Red Roses star, Rachel Burford. And as always, we've got lots to talk about this week, including our special guests that are coming on. We are six weeks into the new season, so we thought at about time we put sevens under the WRP spotlight. Yes, we're going to catch up with England captain Abby Brown. We'll assess the state of the world in the sevens in this Olympic season, and we won't forget the Teals Premier 15s either. Tamara Taylor from Darlington Park, who's now player coach, joins us to chat the Teals as the league heads into this international break. So all of that on the way, but first, Berth... How are you? Did you enjoy the weekend? Oh, I mean... England, New Zealand, let's go there Oh, we'll go there. Yeah, oh my God, that was unbelievable. What a performance. I mean, everybody's talking about it, how dominant England were, the best England performance. But please, let's not let it be the best one. Let's hope that this weekend is their best, most dominant performance. So where did did you watch it? I can imagine sort of rollers in the hair, dressing gown. Oh no, oh no, you're... You're on your way up to, to Loughborough, presumably. Yes, we obviously had to leave quite early to get up to Loughborough, but um, Quinn's done such a great job. They booked the boys' bus, so we had TV on, boys playing. It was brilliant. I never had a quiet bus before. <laughs> um, but yeah, we all got to um, watch the game, be really motivated by it, get really excited. Um, yeah, it was, quite, it was quite nice to actually share it with everybody because obviously there have been early kickoffs. You've been Most people have been sat at home watching them on their own. Um, so it was nice to, to be with everyone. I was sat next to Abby Scott and we were just like kind of on the edge of our seats getting really excited. And, you know, there, when there was 10 minutes to go, I was like, right, that's it, it's done. There's no way they can come back. And everyone around me is going, no, don't, don't say it, don't say it. I'm like, come on, you know it. And then it was like 76 minutes. They're like, right, okay, we're with you now. So it was nice to share it with everybody. Yeah, sensational game, wasn't it? I'd actually watch it in a hotel room by myself under the covers. Um, but yeah, right, right up there in terms of uh, one of my certainly personally one of my favourite rugby days, just tucked in behind a, a certain day in 2014 in Marcosi. Um, a bit of news to, to bring everyone up to date with. The Farah Palmer Cup reached its climax of the weekend. Canterbury recorded their third straight title, beating Auckland 30 points to 20. And our friend Kendra Coxage scored 15 points from the boot. So want to wish her huge congratulations from all of us here to her and her whole squad. Oh, uh, We must just mention the referee for that game was Rebecca Mahoney. Remember Rebecca? I do remember. I played with her actually at Academy, England Academy. Oh, there you are. She's a former Black Fern as well, double World Cup winner. Well done to her and all the barriers she's bashing down with her whistle in the land of the long white cloud. The good news of women's rugby continues. Yes, 2019 will be the busiest year for Test Rugby outside of the world, uh, outside of a World Cup year, I should say. A huge 59 tests will be played by the end of December, with 35 different nations involved. It's an incredible upscale. As recent as only 2015, there was only 35 tests that were played out. It's a huge increase. Isn't it just? And over the channel, the uh, revamped French Elite League, used to be the uh, the top eight, didn't it? Played out there round six over the weekend. So we just thought you'd give a little update. They're going to break as well, like the TPs for the, the autumn test window. In pool one, the champions, Montpellier, remain top with six wins from six. And in pool two, it's Stade Toulousien, who are dominating things. I'm Sarah Hunter, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So let's get our first guest this week. Later on, we'll chat to a woman 
who has played alongside Berth in the last four World Cups, Tamara Taylor. But first is someone who has starred at Rio 2016 and will be hoping to do the same for Great Britain at Tokyo 2020. I'm delighted to welcome Abby Brown to the WRP. Hey, guys. Hi, Abby. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you both? I'm good, thank you. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Don't be silly. Now, a, a little birdie has told me, well, you, in fact, um, that you're, you're at Rugby X. How is it? I actually stood at the O2 right, as we speak. Um, yeah, it's good. We went through the uh, kind of the walkthrough and getting onto the pitch and all the fancy lights and all the music. Um, so, yeah, it'll be super exciting, actually. We're, we're looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure about five people on the pitch instead of seven. I thought seven was a little amount of people. But, yeah, it should be fun. And what, what what do you think are the sort of the, the similarities between you know, obviously your your normal code of, of sevens and, and rugby X? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's all about the physical side of it, isn't it? And um, hopefully there'll be a lot of skill element to it. Um, a little bit of the spark we try and show within rugby sevens will be shown in rugby X. So um, hopefully we can show that side of it and yeah, see what we can see what we can do. And how different is it under? Under the roof of the O2, with with all those lights, all the music going. I mean, do you need to play with earplugs on and uh, and sunglasses on? Yeah, I mean, we were. Um, if it's a draw, the lights all go down and the spotlights on each person, so that will be interesting and to know where to stand and um, actually how it's going to all pan out. But um, yeah, hopefully we're not going to get any cold of the English weather, so that's always good. Um, and yeah, should be interesting. And um, so just for our viewers that might not know about Rugby X, so if it becomes a draw, then you have a one-on-one challenge where the attacker has a minute to score. Have you already started to pick out who's going to be that player that's going to take on the opposition? Yeah, we've had chats about it. We're kind of teasing different people. Um, but we've only you only have 15 seconds to score. Um, so you stand and you have 15 seconds to go score. And then, um, yeah. But so it's going to be who's the quickest then? Yeah, basically. <laughs> We're basically looking at our edge people and the quickest people that are going to um, do it. So They're trying to use this platform as, you know, something to support Sevens and obviously with what you guys have got coming up now moving forward. Just want to touch a little bit on the seven series now and the changes and the developments that have come in place. Do you want to just give our listeners um, a bit of an information about what's going to be happening this year on the Women's Seven Series? Yeah, so obviously we've joined... Um, with the men to do six more legs for us um so we've got eight world series stops this year which is fantastic um and six of them being with the men which for us is the women's game is huge um get different crowds in and people interested in the game as well um i think it's really important and what would you say a couple of like the the key like the best things about you know being on the seven series traveling around the world seeing different countries and cultures and meeting different people what's kind of the the best and the worst um would you say uh i personally love dubai um mainly because of the environment it brings not necessarily the culture it is um but I think also they've got kind of uh, like Langford I love because they're so passionate about their rugby and that side of it. Um, So, yeah, it's a difficult one because you also have um, some places you go to like Kisikarishu in Japan um, where we think, oh, it's a small little place in Japan. But actually the crowd there is amazing. They bring so many schools in. um, And, yeah, it's just it's full of rugby people that love rugby. So... 
And they'll probably love it even more now, won't they? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. I mean, Abby, you know, we've all sort of watched Sevens, um, you know, to varying degree in, in terms of close to some of you. It used to be very much a, a development tool, not only for men and women. It seems to me, looking at, as a broadcaster from looking looking from the outside in, that actually the the paths are going in slightly wider perspective now, and actually the crossover isn't quite so much. Is that the kind of feeling within yeah, within the sevens world? Yeah, definitely. I think the crossover isn't as much, um, but the skill set I think for sevens is just so much greater. Um, you know, like you said, like we're still playing on the full size pitch with only seven of us on it. <laughs> so, um, and the physicality is growing each tournament, each year. I kind of am there. It's you see the difference in it, and you see how fast it's growing. And actually, um, not just within England, but within the world, uh, which is amazing to see. But also, you've got to up your game, so your fitness has got to be better than it was last year. Your physicality's got to be better than it was last year. Um, and you know, I think it is getting quite different towards the 15s game now. Um, although there are similarities and it does cross over I think there are some aspects to it that the transition back to 15s or the transition into 7s is a lot harder now than it used to be just because of the nature of the game and how it's grown over the years yeah I think I'd agree with you Abby and I think also the amount of competition that there is nowadays is just so difficult to be able to try and do both um, so I think, you know, part going down one path that you want to follow, whether that's sevens or 15, is probably the right way to go. And just looking back at Glendale now, um, how was that for you as a squad? You know, sort of new season, got new coach coming in with Charlie Hayter. I mean, how, how, how was that for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough start for us. Um, you know, we, the, if you look at it results-wise, it's not where we want to be. Um, if you take it game by game, it's a lot better than where we've probably been previously. We're still quite a young side with most of the girls in that squad have only done a season of sevens. Um, no, if you say it like that, it's actually not a lot. Um, plus, alongside the fact we've had a lot of changes within our programme. Um, and you look back to this time last year, we were moving training bases. So, you know, a lot's happened in a space of a year. Um, so it's, it's, a diff- it's a difficult one to swallow, but actually we've got stuff to look forward to now um, and on the back of having only done a handful of rugby sessions actually with Rugby X now in the mix as well we get to play again and actually put into uh, practice what we've been like practicing and you know it's it's the end the end goal is Tokyo it's not um, Denver which is something that we've got to keep reminding ourselves on but every time we take the field that we're learning something new we're changing our style of play or we're um, adding to what a what team we want to be um but having hates on board has been it's been huge um he's a great he's a great guy and uh he brings something different to what bales has brought so you know, we're still trying to learn how he deals with us and how he coaches and stuff like that so yeah you've been mobbed by your fans there abby obviously i was just about to say i'm sat on the coach found the way back from robbie x with uh, some of the sevens boys as well so <laughs> Uh, understood. Tell them that they don't, they don't get the chance on the WRP. I'm afraid. Um, or I was just going to ask you just just a couple of final questions. Just one: How much more difficult is your job if you have a squad that is is so young and fresh? Yeah, it's it is hard. Um, but I also remember that I was a young and fresh player myself, so um, it is difficult at times because you kind of you're trying to get the good balance with things. Um, but I guess I kind of. I pride myself on just kind of leading by example 
um, I guess that's kind of what I do, um, what I hope to do anyway. So, yeah, like it, it is difficult to get that balance right, but I'm trying to work really hard with Hates, um, Charlie Hater, and our coach, and kind of understand, get him to understand how we as players are and um, kind of what we are about and how we might deal with certain situations. You, you speak so wisely there Abby but you're, you're a young player yourself and you took that role on very young and, and you're definitely developing in it and you know it's, it's great to watch you develop from such a young player I mean when you first came into the full-time sevens program you couldn't even train with us because you couldn't control your long limbs you had to be in the swimming pool most of the time and now you know you're you're the leader of this this team leading into Tokyo next season so yeah, well done to you and look, we can't wait to get behind you again going into Dubai but more more importantly tomorrow rugby X. I'll see you there with your lungs bursting and I hope to see the, the spotlights on you on the 1v1 <laughs> I not but I appreciate it cheers Abby great talking to you thanks guys very very young England captain early 20, 23 I think she is but she speaks very very well doesn't she very very mature head on, the, on those young shoulders I mean outside of um, her octopus impressions in the pool, which you've obviously just um, embarrassed her with. Um, what else does she bring to that role? I think she's she's you know she's been in that role for quite a long time, and she got through into it quite early on in her career. Um, you know, after Rio, a lot of players came back across to the fifteen aside. You, you you're kind of leaders in that respect. Um, Emily Scarrett, Katie Day McLean, um, all kind of stepped away from the seven, so it kind of left Abby with a young team as a young player. And I think actually that can can work in your favour you know she's in that environment she understands the players and it's interesting how she spoke there about working really hard with Charlie Hayter so he understands the players and knows them really well and so you know things like that will go a really really long way in terms of the management and how they can relate to the players and Charlie Hayter's a great um, coach at for one but also he's been there he's lived it he's breathed it he's been in the England setup before so she's got a great leader there to work with and yeah she's she's one of those players that will do her delivery on the pitch like she said she she runs her blood to water she doesn't stop going um and manages to find energy sources that I just don't know where you get from but but yeah it's incredible to see how far she's come considering her age I'm Kat Merchant. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Turn to 15s action now. Six rounds of the Tyrrells Premier 15s done and dusted. And the league pauses for the autumn test window. So we thought it was time to take stock and to help us assess the state of the club game. It's a big WRP welcome to England's third most capped player of all time, Wooden Spoon Ambassador and Darlington Modem Park Sharks player coach Tamara Taylor. Hello, Tam. Very well, thank you. Now, you're, you've been an adventurous lady of late. What, what are you up to at the moment? Are you yak wrestling or sort of monkey tennis at the moment? What is it? I mean, that's what I normally do with my Monday evenings. Um, but today, I'm just going to the gym just to, you know, pump some iron, shift some timber, that type of thing. Have you got your latest adventure uh, on the horizon? Because you've been to some amazing places of late. Um, at the moment, my biggest challenge is attempting to play consecutive games of 80 minutes of rugby um <laughs> that has been a massive challenge the last few weeks um and then i'll let you know if there's anything else exciting going on don't you worry and as i just said there we're, we're sort of having a look back at the the opening six rounds of of the tps 
how's it how's it been for you in in your slightly new role yeah it's it's been interesting um i've always i've always coached and played that's just kind of been my life um but officially having a coaching role now um you know a lot more kind of sort of i guess pressure um in terms of some of the decision making and and the work behind the scenes that's going on with the planning um, and preparation. But it's also quite exciting to, to be able to kind of put my stamp on things and, and hopefully help support um, the girls around me. And, and I think being a player coach, you've actually got a bit of an advantage because you're doing the sessions that you're planning. And if they're rubbish, you've got first-hand experience. So they're not very good and they need changing, um, which you don't always get as a coach. So it's, yeah, it's quite challenging but um but good as you said there you've you've probably been doing it already for years with Darlington Moden Park you've always been kind of a player that's supported all players around them especially at Darlington and and leading the way in in that respect and um you can clearly see that something's changing in the waters up there by the results that we're seeing week in week out with you guys I know you've had some new signings and everything but has there been a couple of like key things that you guys have been focusing on and working on together a big focus for us in pre-season was to not be afraid of making mistakes I think we get really het up with having to play a structure having to be in a certain place at a certain time um and that's definitely something that I felt as a player over the years and Myself and Justin Loveridge, who um, is co-coaching with me, just said, right, no structure, doesn't matter how many mistakes we make, let's get them all out now. Um, And it just seems to have chilled the girls out because people were just so stressed for no reason, you know. We forget that we're not paid to play rugby, we do it because we love it, and yet it was getting to game day and everyone was stressed beyond belief that they were going to make a mistake or they were going to be stood in the wrong place on the pitch and... You know, that's that's no fun way of, of enjoying your hobby. So that's kind of been our, our biggest kind of mantra is, like, let's just enjoy it again. And from that then, has it, as the weeks have evolved on, is it kind of you've been adding a little bit of structure in or has it still been very much, you know, let's go out there, let's play what's in front of us, let's enjoy it and not be afraid of, of what the outcome is of it? No, there's definitely a little bit of shape. It may not look like there's uh, attacking shape, but for the most of it, it's supposed to be a little bit in there. Um, just to kind of allow us to have options to play off rather than, you know, right from right-hand scrum, this is what we're doing and this is where we're going. I think to get the best out of your players, they need to be actively making decisions and, you know, the closer we can get to 15 players on the pitch seeing the same picture and therefore reacting in the same way, I think that's kind of going to be the, the closest to perfection that you can get on a rugby pitch. Um, I'm not sure we'll ever get there, but, um, but that's the aim, is to have a little bit of structure that allows people to make decisions outside of it um, and just try and get the girls playing off each other, you know, seeing who's a ball carrier, who's going to offload, who's best playing it out the back. Um, and that's still, you know, that's an ongoing process at the moment, which... Make, actually makes it really interesting um, week to week with training as we kind of get to know each other a little bit better as a group of players. And surely being the line-out noise that you are, you've definitely got some sneaky line-out plays definitely structured into your team play. Well, it's actually been a bit of a revelation because I've jumped for 100 years playing rugby <laughs> and then obviously last season with my um, 
with my ankle reconstruction, I didn't play. And then when I came back to playing, there was no way on earth I was going to jump. So um, yeah. I'm actually back in a lifting jumping role, which I hadn't really done for over a year. Um, so it's been, it's been, yeah, different, very different, but, um, but quite fun changing things around and, and working with a group of players that we've got. We've got some really experienced forwards and then some quite kind of inexperienced, young, fresh faces. Um, but it does make it more interesting each week to always have a little bit of a challenge of who's going where and, and what's happening, you know, how to get the best out of that group of eight forwards that are on the pitch at any one time. And Tam, have you have you have you set some some goals this season? Obviously, sort of we, we've got relegation inviting to to be back in the league, not to back in the league. All in inverted commas. Yeah, I mean we we want to finish in that top six. You know that's the kind of golden number, isn't it, in terms of relegation and promotion for the season? Um, I think we're sat in seventh at the minute. We've had had some close performances. Um, and even though our, you know our scoreline wasn't fantastic against Quinns, um, in terms of the opportunities that we created against you know the team that's top in the league at the minute, um, and it was more our execution that let us down rather than in the past. I think we just haven't even created those try-scoring opportunities, um, which is disappointing at the time. But actually, as a coach, um, it's really pleasing that that we're actually getting somewhere against the big boys. And if we look up, look back at the, the opening six rounds, if we may with you, just we'll sort of weave in this this uh, this weekend just gone re- results as we do it. Have Harlequins been the most impressive side that you've played so far this season? Uh, define impressive. What do you mean by impressive? I know you've got Burst that next to you, so we've <laughs> got to be real careful. But um... <laughs> the, the, think... the toughest challenge then, all over the park. I think the the thing about Quins is they didn't actually play that well against us, but. The bits that they did, they did very well. So execution of, you know, we've got an overlap. We're going to make sure the ball goes to hands. We're going to score out wide. Simple stuff. Executing a line out in the 22, catch, drive, drive over the top, either get a penalty or score. Real basics. But if you've got a team that's got those opportunities and can execute every time, and and that is exactly what they did to us, um, it might not be flashy, but it wins you games. Um, and that's obviously what, at the moment, especially this year, the league is about. And Well, I was just, just going to mention, because obviously Quinns went up to Loughborough and, and a really, really tight game at the weekend. Harlequins came through 36-27 um, up there. You, you played Loughborough what, at uh, round one, wasn't it? Um, how did yeah, you find them? Actually, that game was our first real outing as, as a group of, you know, with, with our Scottish internationals as well. Um, and it just showed the potential that, we've got as a squad I think we made a few mistakes we had we turned the ball over and you know Loughborough were just quicker um getting on the end of a a bad pass or um a kick that bounced up which got them two you know two easy tries straight under the posts um but apart from that again it was yeah it was it was pretty back and forth and I think to be honest we probably gave them a little bit of a shock um which was a very nice feeling you then went on to a couple of hours later to take on Was Was this weekend, um, as most people seem to be doing, with the greatest respect, going up and, and taking their cricket whites up to Fearwood Waterloo. 62 nil it was um, for for the away side. Was H- how did you find Giselle Mather's side when you played them? Yeah, listen, Was are always an issue for us. I don't know why, but they just have been over the years. Um, 
you know, that they've got a really good bunch of players. They've got what seems to be, you know, a really good feel around the culture of the club and you know, the girls get on really well. And I think that definitely strengthens um, how you perform on the pitch. They're always sort of just out of the limelight, um, Wasps, but they've, they've definitely got the potential to cause a few upsets. Yeah, I agree with you, Tam. They're always a team to kind of watch out for. And and obviously you're you're riding on the back of two wins over the last two rounds. Um, first big win away from home. I mean, we've already spoken briefly about this down at Richmond. I mean, how was that? You know, they went for the big double header. The men also play in beforehand. How was it, how did it finish in the end for you? But do you know what? We had a terrible journey down. It took us about what felt like 100 hours. Um, some of the Scottish girls had flown first thing in the morning then got a train then sat around in a pub in richmond not drinking i hasten to add but sat around for a few hours um our bus was late so we actually only had about a sort of maximum 40 minutes to get ourselves in get ourselves sorted um so if you'd looked at our preparation it was pretty terrible uh but we actually sort of put into practice everything that we'd been building towards um the scoreline definitely doesn't reflect it, but that was the most physical game we've played this season, definitely. You know, Richmond might not have had the rub of the green in terms of results, but again, they've got some pretty gnarly players um, right across that 15. Roe Burnfield obviously leading the way um, in the pack, but it was it was a hugely physical game. And what was good for us was... Our game management has kind of let us down a little bit over the last few games. Just a bit of an experience, kind of kicking the ball away when we should have kept it in hand, that you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we really grew as a team uh, in that game. Beth Blacklock, particularly, she's got a great boot on her. And she just sort of found her form of kicking in the right places and you know, kicking with purpose, um, which helped us with territory and, and definitely helped us get on the on that scoreboard. Well, both of you, DMP and Harlequins, have got Saracens coming up in the next couple of rounds. What have you both made of, uh, of Saracens so far? So, having watched their game against um, Hartbury, I think ideally we want it to be absolutely hammering it down with rain, <laughs> really windy, Um so they struggle to keep the ball in hand and, you know, they're a really strong team when they're on the front foot and they can offload and they can move the ball. Um, not taking anything away from their pack in, in those tight kind of situations because they've, they've got some pretty big girls who are pretty strong. Um, but I think we'll definitely be praying for rain at the start of uh, December for us anyway. What have you made of them, Bev? Yeah, I think, you know, they've they've been slowly getting better throughout, but I think that's a really interesting result, 15-7 against Gloucester. And Gloucester are missing a couple, and actually um, Saracen's had some big names coming back, Poppy Khalil, Zoe Harrison, all back into the fold. So to see them not be quite, to execute how they normally do was quite interesting. So definitely I think weather is a condition. Um, But look, you can't write that team off. You look at how they played against Loughborough, that was quite... um, you know, going in at half time, seventeen nil down, and then to come back out and win it in the fashion, which is so annoying by Saracens to wish win it in the last play. So it's there's still always a team that got to watch out for. But yeah, it's, it, there's definitely teams that are knocking at their heels for that title. And it's hell of a performance from uh, from Susie Appleby's mob, uh, the, the the cherry and white weekend because they pushed they pushed Saracens, <coughs> excuse me, all, all the way and actually. Um, Susie Appy said after, afterwards they're a little bit inaccurate. Probably should have scored another couple of tries. 
Yeah, uh, you know, as Tamara said, the, the pressure they just continuously put on them and using the conditions to their advantage then stop letting Saracens play. And that's the one thing that you've got to do as a side is not sit back and let Saracens play because you know how dangerous their runners can be. Very physical, love front football. So, yeah, fair play to, to Susie. And, and also they're missing Natasha Hunt, the, the leader and captain. So it'd be interesting the next round of that. And Tom, what have you have you seen much of uh, Bristol? You've spoken much to uh, to Kim Oliver, the uh, the head honcho down there. <laughs> um, we, so we don't meet them until uh, December, but obviously they've had sort of some ups and some downs. I think um, they're another team that, when everything clicks for them, they are excellent. You know, I think missing Amber Reed at the moment is quite a, you know has been quite a big loss for them and. I like it when she's not playing against us. Um, but I think, you know, some of their results have been have been really good. And then I think they'll probably be quite disappointed um, with how they've played in other areas. So it's a, it's a sort of probably similar to us when they've got their, their potential all in the right place and everyone's doing what they know they can do, then they're a very difficult side to beat. Um, but on a bad day, they're probably very disappointed with their performances as well. Well, well, let's just rattle through those uh, those round six results. Then at Bristol twenty six, Richmond eighteen, Loughborough Lightning twenty seven, Harlequins thirty six, Waterloo Waterloo uh, didn't trouble the scorer sixty two points for Wasps, DMP Sharks thirty two, Worcester twenty one, Saracens fifteen, Gloucester seven. Congratulations on your thirtieth year anniversary as well, Saracens. Um, I would be remiss if uh, if I didn't talk about being the World Cup final week with eight World Cups between you two. Um, what is it like building up to a World Cup final? Tab. Who are you asking me Tab. <laughs> um, Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? It's exciting because obviously, you know, for us and, and everybody that goes into World Cup, that's where you want to be. You want to be in that final. Um Nerve-wracking, especially for us when it's New Zealand we're facing in the final, um, because our track record's not brilliant um, against them. And to be honest, I think, you know, the England boys are going to be in a similar situation in that they've beaten the world champions already. That's done. You know, they're they're not facing them in the final. And and that was the same for us in 2014. A very, very big thank you to Ireland for knocking New Zealand out. Um, (laughs) And we were facing Canada in the final. And you're never going to be complacent, but I think somewhere deep in the depths of your heart, if you're not playing the world champions in the final, you think, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get this on definitely. Uh, and physically, in terms of the week, oh, you tell me to about 2014 there, and, and I remember coming on to one of your training sessions, and a I was surprised at just how little sort of physical work you did, although it probably shouldn't have surprised me, but but it just you were all laughing. And it, the, the the mood was was so light. Is that the key to to get the the mental aspect right, Berth, on, on that week? Yeah, I think you've got to remember that you've got to enjoy these moments as well. There's been so much hard work put into it, and and those kinds of environments where they are relaxed is when actually you thrive and that you feel comfortable and you actually express yourself. So I think you know I remember leading into that week and just how you talk about we didn't do much because the work's been done. It's just the final tinkering, going over a few little parts, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page or anything that's not been unturned is unturned. So it's kind of like minor things going on. But at the same time, you know, we're all there doing something really special. 
and you've got to stop for a minute and enjoy that and and remember that and reflect on it because as you go into that final yes um you're going to be nervous you're but excited you know there's massive things on the line for you but at the same time you've gone through this massive journey with all these people you've gone through some really big highs and some really big lows like we had some lows that year as well so it's about kind of wrapping all of that up together with your mates being next to you inside and outside of you and making sure that you're remembering these special times moving forward to you know becoming world champions and how did you did you actually enjoy the 80 minutes um, I mean, no. I'm always stressed when I'm uh, when I'm playing international rugby. You must have um, loved your show and go, though, Tam. Yeah, it was come special. on, <laughs> come on. I mean, you did pass it to Maggie, Let's but let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, do you know? I think it's probably the same for anyone that um, does anything a little bit exciting as an individual in in a game like that. You just do what you've been training to do. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I'm going to try and do a show and go. I went. I honestly wanted to pass the ball so that I didn't have to run anymore. And uh, and then the Canadian defender went with my arms, and I was like, Oh dear lord, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, like like Beth said, you've you've put in so many hours in the build up to it. You're not going to really do anything new. You're not going to do anything out of the ordinary. You're going to do what you do best as an individual and as a team um and you've only got whatever a week or in our case probably about 24 hours to prepare for these types of games and you know you've got to trust that everything that's gone before has made you into the group of players that you are and for that 80 minutes you've just got to take each step by step each decision by each decision and and yeah hopefully come out the other end with a gold and not a silver yeah, you did, and uh, what a what a magic day it was. Tam, we'll let you get get to the gym, and and we'll wish you huge amounts of luck uh, for the rest of the season with, with DMP and and everything else you're doing. But thank you so much for joining us this afternoon Thanks, on the Tom. WRP. Thanks, Tam. Bye. That's all for this week. Join us again next week when we'll be joined by more of the biggest names from the overworld. We'll catch up with none other than Katie Daly McLean, MBE, to talk about the up and coming Red Roses tests. And Irish and Welsh legend Claire Malloy will be with us. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast, and if you fancy it, give us a review and a five star rating. Our thanks again to Abby Brown, the England Sevens captain, to Tamara Taylor, World Cup winner, producer Jess. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>